God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Hope everybody had a good weekend. And, uh, you know, um, we are waiting on the AZ audit. There were some reports of information that was going to be coming out today uh, by Karen Fan, who was going to release the preliminary uh, reports on the Arizona audit. And it turns out that that's not going to happen. Um, and we reported that uh, it was going to be August, September. And Ken Bennett uh, sticks to that timetable. That there was a guy that uh, named Bob Hughes that put out the information that uh, we were going to have uh, an, uh, an announcement today, a preliminary announcement. And it's a shame that we, you know, are, are disseminating information in a way that's, you know, this is the, every part of this is the most important part. Every part of it, the details matter. And how this thing gets rolled out, it's got to be looking good, you know. Do it the way Trump would do it. Do it the way, you know, uh, honors respect. We can't be looking like a bunch of clowns. And so this is the most important part. The unveiling and the presentation of it is important. You know, the data is important. But, you know, if there's 2.1 million votes and we account for 1.9 million, that's a pretty easy preliminary tally. I don't know why they can't come out with that and just say, we still have a lot to look into. And I believe that they still have to evaluate the signature envelopes. And again, I would imagine they could run those through a scan and just say, if these envelopes have a blank, these are all the blank ones, right? That's an easy enough scan where it, it recognizes nothing's there. Then, you know, you just kind of 
double check it a little bit, but for the most part, separate the signature envelopes that have signatures on them from the ones that don't have anything that are blank. That's an easy scan. You scan those through, you separate the ones and say, okay, we have 85,000 blank envelopes. And one of the big problems is you can't associate, you can't match up the envelope without the signature with how that envelope, without uh, matching up with the ballot that was inside that envelope and seeing how that ballot voted. So that's the biggest problem. And they got to fix that problem. And they don't, they, I don't think there's going to be any resolution to that. So the left is going to say, okay, well, those were 85,000 uh, Trump votes that we need to throw out. And the right's going to say, well, those are 85,000 Biden votes, and we're going to throw those out. In a race that was separated by 10,000 votes, that's a very valid and important question. I suspect that, you know, those are rigged ballots, but how do you throw them out? How do you do that? And uh, I don't know how you do that. You just throw them out. Um, It doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't be, you know, why there wouldn't be a barcode with a unique number on every single one of those you know, to match up the envelope with the ballot. They, they, they ought to be number coded or barcoded in such a way to where you can have barcodes that represent, you know, an infinite, infinite number. They do it with the lottery, right? I mean, so every number should be unique and every envelope should have a matching ballot. But they didn't do it that way. They printed up the ballots and they printed up the envelopes, but they didn't match the envelopes with the ballots. And that's a sad shame. Incidentally, I think our phone system is running right now. So if you want to call in, it's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that phone system. We don't really have it fully set up yet. We're not very happy with the platform that we're working with right now, but we'll see what happens. In any case, so they were going to make an announcement. I don't know why they can't make an early announcement and say, we counted 1.9 million votes, or whatever the number is, 1.8 million. They could leave 250 to three. That's the estimate. 250 to 300,000 missing missing. So if if the night of the um, election, it's 2.1 million votes cast or counted by the machines and by whoever, and we only can come up and and account for 1.8, that leaves 300,000 votes. Be nice to know how those votes broke down. And more than likely, it would be a wild number. We're going to go ahead and see if this call system works. And I'm going to go ahead and pull it in. I'm going to put it on uh, a hold so they'll hear something. And um, and then I have to make an adjustment to this audio. And I'm just going to see how this works. 
It's a it's a crazy system that we have right now. But I'm the guinea pig, actually. I have to I have to be the one to to work all these bugs through. So I'm going to say, caller, you're on the air. Oh, hey, Scott Adams. Yes, this is Scott. Hey, I, yeah, I just wanted to mention you. You're talking about matching up ballots and envelopes, and that that will never happen. We have anonymous uh, an anonymous vote, so you don't want to match them up. No one no one matches them up. Right. Okay. Fair enough. And um, so, so then, what do we do with those three hundred? This is a hypothetical number, by the way. So, what do we do with three hundred thousand uh, votes that that have to be discarded? How do we do that? Yeah, that's a. That, I mean, that's a tough one. I, I have no. I mean, I think we're in kind of uncharted territory as far as any any of this stuff goes. But I think the the best that you can hope for, as far as the envelopes, is count them. And see how many total envelopes there they are, and that would indicate that some ballots may have been scanned multiple times. But I think that's the best you can hope for, as far as the you know the the legitimate envelopes matching the ballots. Wow, I wish. <laughs> okay, but see, here's the thing: if it's a barcode that matches things up. And they don't get yeah, counted unless you can't, you can't do that just the way because of the way that the the, the laws are. Your your vote is anonymous. You're not meant to tie who you vote, voted for back to you as a person. Right. And that you know, I don't necessarily know whether I disagree or agree with that. I mean, I probably agree with anonymous vote. Right. I mean, I think we kind of agree with that. But here it is. It's biting us on the butt, sort of. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. In this yeah, case. Like I said, the best they can do is just count, count them and see what the total number is. That, that's all you're going to get. Or, and, and there, or if there are fraudulent okay. signatures or not, you know, missing. So, yeah. All right. So then I have one more uh, salvo to put out there then. And that is if there's 300,000 votes that are missing um, and you don't know how to attribute them, right, because they're anonymous, um, that would then probably require that the uh, the election be decertified, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, here again, like I said, it's uncharted territory, but I guess they're going to have to do, you know, maybe redo the voter. I think there was some discussion about, like, 13th Amendment and having each state, you know, cast a vote, or what, I have no idea. Oh, by uh, the way, be um, tell our audience <laughs> uh, what your name is and where you're calling from. Oh, hey, I'm uh, Jeff Burns, and I'm calling uh, right now. I'm in uh, Napanee, uh, Indiana, but I'm from New Jersey, but I'm a truck driver. So. Okay, cool. All right, well, thank you, Jeff. Um, wow, yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad you straightened that out and clarified that for us. Well, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, have a great show. All right, take care. Drive yeah. safe. Thank you. All right, well, the phone system works, folks. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, but we, we were looking for a better piece of software uh, because this stuff, uh, we have a system where you have to do like multiple things. It's a little bit distracting as a show host. All right, so it's clear that the ballots are anonymous. There's no way to track. If you're missing 300,000 votes, which I suspect we're missing anywhere from 200. 180,000 to 300,000 votes which would make you know it was which would make the 10,000 disparity draw it into question 
especially when you suspect fraud. And so that's where we're that's what that's the next headache, right? It's going to that's going to be debated. And it's going to draw into question what kind of how these these things are being run. And um and we need better scrutiny. We need tighter restrictions. You know, this whole lawsuit between the DOJ and Georgia is absolutely insane. Georgia still has one of the is one of the weaker states regarding election integrity. And the new laws that they passed don't go the whole way. They they only go a partial portion of the way. And so it's it's kind of bizarre that they're cherry picking Georgia. I wonder if Stacey Abrams has something to do with it. But in any case, the AZ audit, we're not going to learn anything today in terms of count. Uh, Karen Fan said, said, said that. Here's where the rumor came from, by the way, just so we could hear how this all came about, how we thought that maybe, and I did not report this on Friday. I only learned this over the weekend over at the Gateway Pundit that they came out with this. So I never said it on my show, but I was all prepared to to say some things on the show today about, oh, there's going to be some big announcement. And I was looking forward to it because, as I've said on this show, AZ Audit, that's the biggest thing since sliced bread. To me, that's the biggest thing. And they got to figure out, we got to figure out uh, a way to not only forensically account for things, but we got to figure out the fraud. We got to figure out how it is that you turn this, 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 uh, these unmistakable uh, mistakes. I mean, these mistakes that are just absolutely extraordinary. And how do we turn those into basically changing the outcome of the Arizona election? And again, if there's a lot of anomalies, then it's going to create a lot of pressure on all the other states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia. All of these states are going to feel enormous pressure I believe that the state of Nevada had Californians voting in it. I think that uh, I think that there was a lot of fraud in uh, Colorado, which is the reason why their attorney general said no audit. She did an executive order. Their state secretary of state, a liberal, and basically Colorado is one of those states where they, as soon as they came out with. Uh, a month-long voting and early voting and mail-in voting and drop-off voting, as soon as they came out with those new laws, new rules, that allowed all this these shenanigans to happen, as soon as Colorado did that, guess what? It went from a red to a purple state to a blue state to where it's now almost like San Francisco. I mean, Boulder is the San Francisco of the Rock. It's the Berkeley of the Rockleys, they say. I've been to Boulder. Beautiful. Beautiful town, but you know what? It's just Colorado's been overridden. And I believe that they've also imported a lot of illegals and converted them into votes. So Colorado is, I think, a great example. And then you take a look at Oregon and, and Washington State. You know, look at the crap that's going on in Portland and in Seattle. You think, how do we get here? How do we elect Captain Numbnut to run the city of Portland or Seattle? How do we get there to have these governors out there run these 
beautiful states because I've been to Seattle and Vancouver and all over the Northwest. I I've absolutely, it's one of my favorite landscapes, favorite places to be, favorite place. I've kayaked out there. I've done so many things out there. I've skied out there. I love it out there. But I have no desire to go out there right now. And Portland is putting up all kinds of ads trying to re-harness their, uh, recruit their, rejuvenate their vacation spot. You know, and, and nobody wants to go to Portland and get shot. That's not a good time. Nobody's going to ever, nobody wants to go to Chicago. They're afraid for their life. They can go to Beirut before they go to Chicago and probably have a better chance of living. I mean, it's absolutely crazy to go to the south side of Chicago and basically end up dead. It's almost like a death sentence. Here's the guy. You know, this is how rumors get started. This is the guy, Bob Hughes, who in, who basically, uh, well, Bob Hughes uh, basically was doing the, um, he did something with the paper audits. It says here, yeah, let's see. Oh, it's not that important. But Bob Hughes says he will... Uh, so Bob Hughes was one of the guys that invented the paper uh, system. And uh, here's what he had to say here. How many should there be? Can there be this many? Uh, when the details come out, I can't say much. I know Karen Finn's going to release a lot of this on Monday. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, that's what that's where he said Monday, right? And he said that in front of an audience. Um, he's a pretty established figure. Uh, Ken Bennett says August, but maybe late July or Labor Day. Uh, so Labor Day means September. Also, why are uh, so? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the um, the synopsis there. So that's the AZ audit. Uh, I don't like the way this is happening. I don't like the way this information is dis- being disseminated. Um, and I, I wish they would do a better job. All eyes are watching. <clears throat> this is going to be one of the most important, uh, one of the most important announcements. And uh, so we, we, we deserve we deserve a lot better. Uh, so we'll see what happens. All eyes are on this. We'll see what happens. All right. So President Trump had the rally and um, it was pretty good. The numbers were through the roof. Right side broadcasting had. Now, let me just put this in perspective. Right side broadcasting. I think most people know about right side broadcasting on YouTube now. Well, right side broadcasting during the 2020 election, President Trump would have, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 90,000 viewers on that YouTube. And when when right side broadcasting would break 100,000, that was big news. We broke 100,000 for the first time. I mean, in 2016, they didn't. And so you got to be like, wow, that is amazing. Well, they were well over 200,000 viewers. And 
That's despite the fact that Newsmax had pretty much the angle on that presentation. And, um, and so I thought that was pretty amazing. You know, and uh, Cheryl Atkinson wrote a report and she said, he's back. She said, uh, more than 2.2 million people watched Trump rally in Wellington, Ohio. Donald Trump is a major news figure, but many media outlets and platforms have conspired to censor him and to censor certain information about him for political reasons. We will publish some of the difficult-to-find information here. So that's what Cheryl Atkins had to say. But she goes on, and she says, President Trump spoke to an an enthusiastic crowd of thousands at a rally in Wellington, Ohio, on Saturday night. Trump supporters donned shirts reading, Don't Blame Me, I Voted for Trump. Banned from Facebook and Twitter, Trump's loyal fans found a way to watch him online. His rally racked up nearly 2 million views on Right Side Broadcasting Network and Rumble alone in just a few hours. So that's 2 million. That doesn't even count Newsmax. So it's it's major millions. That dwarfs the online interest in videos posted by President Biden. Using his familiar upbeat delivery, Trump attacked nearly every facet of the Biden administration. And it was, you know, pretty, pretty doggone amazing, really. Now, we have some clips we're going to play. And um, and we'll just start off with a couple. And then we're going to get into some other news as well. It's just absolutely um, crazy what we're living in this woke society. But we'll get to that later. All right. So uh, President Trump talks about the big tech uh, monopolies and and how and what their plans are when they get back into office. We will break up big tech monopolies, reject left-wing cancel culture, and we will restore the right to free speech in America. So what I like about this whole event is, once again, you know, we were right the whole way around. What have I been saying since, for months, for months, I've been questioning some of the people in the Republican Party who basically talk a big game but do nothing. Uh, We've been talking about America first to make America great again and to primary the rhinos out of office. That's what MAGAPAC was about. That's what Bugle Call is about. We're going to go ahead and take another caller. This is going to be Julie. And uh, Julie, just hang on just a second. And... um, Julie, uh, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? You sound much better. You sound much healthier than 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 before. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you, thank you, Julie. And it's been, it's a pleasure talking with you. I uh, haven't heard I your know. voice in uh, quite some time. We missed you, and and not only did we miss you, I think that if you would have been able to. To have your callers call in, I think it would have helped you get better. So it was unfortunate that everything went down all at the same time because we wanted to make you feel better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, What's on your mind today? I just wanted to call. They they totally blocked out uh, the Trump rally in Northeast Pennsylvania. Total. total, total. They did? Couldn't see 
Yep. Wow. Couldn't see it. Couldn't find it anywhere. So I hope it was good. But I sent him an email on his his site, and I said, "Don't worry, <laughs> our our support for you hasn't changed, even though we couldn't see it in Northeast Pennsylvania." Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, um, the rally was a huge success. The numbers were through the roof. I mean, I was looking at the numbers myself in real time, and I saw 200 and I don't know what it was. It was like 225,000. And then our um, right side broadcast was having some technical difficulties. And um, I ended up switching over to Newsmax because they were having some out. At, yeah, I don't know what was going on. So to your point, I think you might be on to something. Uh, they were definitely sabotaging, and you almost wonder if somebody was there, like pulling the plug, and pull, and they were fighting with that, you know. But um, in any case, uh, it was a humongous number. And you know, you take a look at the interest in Biden; he can't even fill up circles in a room, and he's a bumbling idiot. And yet, somehow, he got eighty-one million votes. Obviously, you know, when you look at that, and you know, you look at that just just on its face, um, you have to come to the conclusion that the fix was in, that this was all rigged, you know, and that they don't even have any respect for America anymore. Just like just like that uh, hammer thrower, uh, Olympiad, right? Olympiad, the, the, the person that made the third, that took third place and made the USA team, decided to, you know, not put her hand over her heart and, not respect our national anthem. Thank goodness the Olympic uh, Committee and Tokyo especially have decided we're going to put a stop to this. None of this is going to happen in our Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to boycott the Olympics entirely. I, I don't yeah. like their woke behavior. So I think that um, we need to walk away from any support of them, financial and otherwise. All right. Well, Julie, I'm going to pick up another call here. So let me go ahead and do that. But thank you for calling in. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Take take care. care. All right. right, Caller, you're on the air. Uh, This is Linda from PA. Hey, Linda from PA. I remember you. Well, how are you? I'm Pretty, glad to hear you're good. Yeah, I That's am wonderful. good. Yeah, thank uh, you. I haven't called in for a while, but I listen. But I'm excited because yesterday I did go to see President Trump over in Ohio. And so uh, we left at 10, got there at 12, walked for about a half a mile, stood in line for about seven, eight hours in the hot sun, had a great time. <laughs> do it again all over and it was a great response people came uh, it was just a sea of people a sea of people it was a beautiful sight everyone was so courteous to everybody else it was just such a phenomenal thing so i wanted to call in and share you know my experience with it and uh, i wanted to say when mr frank was showing those before president trump stroke when mr frank was showing all those algorithms on the um, you know, with the vote, it was amazing to me that a lot of people were like shocked. And I thought, gee, this has been showing and showing and showing. But they saw it live and they saw the algorithms on all 50 states that flashed by all in a few seconds. And it was all the same. 
And so we were, uh, I was amazed that so many people were amazed that it was almost like they didn't know. Who was the who was the um, person that put on put on that was at the rally you're talking about? Uh, right? mi- yeah, no, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank that that actually contacted uh, um, Mr. Lindell from My Pillow. Oh, right. He, yeah, so he's the one, and he put on. I don't know if you got to see that. No, um, I didn't. He, it was wonderful, and so he was one of the speakers, and um, Jim Jordan was. Mike Lindell was there, but he did not get up. But Mr. Frank got up. And showed all that, all the algorithms, and and that was amazing. And I thought, gee, you know, word has still been so suppressed on this, but the people that were there were they just I don't know. They seemed like they didn't know a lot of them. Wow, that's uh, unbelievable. So, so um, yeah, yeah. I, I I remember seeing that in, when Giuliani I think was out in Arizona. And gave this really great presentation with Jenna Ellis. And they were going through those like live dynamic changes. And also in Georgia, mm-hmm. they did it. Yeah, they've been on a long time. Yeah. And that's amazing that, that, it's, that the word has been so suppressed. Absolutely. Well, by the way, I, I need to tell the audience, and I might as well tell with you on, is uh, I've been banned on Facebook. And the reason why I got banned was a satire piece where I said, um, you know, the DOJ, um, something about the, the the DOJ was afraid of, uh, oh, it, it, they, they're basically, uh, Biden was suggesting uh, that you need nuclear bombs and, and F-15s in order to take back your country. But on January 6th, <laughs> they allowed a guy with face paint and some bullhorns uh, on his head to to overthrow yeah. the government. You know, if you listen to General yeah. Milley, for example, you know, he, he was about in tears with his wokeness uh, over the January 6th attack on our Constitution, is what he said. Now, oh, to your point, to your point, Linda, you went to the rally and you saw nothing but re- yeah. joy, happiness, oh, and love. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. Now, get oh, this. Yeah. They were so happy to see that the the leader of the Republican Party was able to get out there in Ohio in the heartland and just basically show the world. Right, you know, and to your point, Linda, are, uh, people are upset. Now, now they to your upset. point, uh, on January sixth, Leonora was Leonora had to yep. go. Leonora was in uh, D.C. that day. And Me she too. saw nothing but happy people uh, at That's the correct. Starbucks and some other places. But then, hang on, we had our our good friend uh, on our show that morning, and I was actually supposed to go with this friend to make you know kind of the protector. And uh, just she she came down from Philadelphia, and you know uh-huh. I was going to be a friend with her all day, you know, hanging out with her. I said, no, I'm not going to go to that. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I felt like there were some things that were gonna that were going on that I didn't want to be a part of. Um, in uh-huh. any case, she went, and it, again, it was no nothing to what they uh-huh. they described. And so the insurrection, new video is coming out. Josh Hawley has new video, and they're going to be yeah. Where's all the thousands of feet? Fourteen thousand. Yeah. Well, they're hiding. Yeah. It. Yep. 
You know, yeah. they, they treat everything ever since the Russian hoax, ever since the Ukrainian hoax and the Adam Schiff witch hunt down in the basement of the Capitol. Every one of these pseudo investigations, whether it's Bob Mueller's special counsel, uh, every single thing they do lacks transparency. It's one sided like it's a like it's a grand jury indictment. And you know what they say? You can indict a ham sandwich. Right. A grand, an indictment is not the same as as, you know, due process and litigation. And so Trump has never, ever been given the chance to defend himself, no. whether it was January 6th, whether it was the Russian hoax or whether it was the Ukrainian mm-hmm. call. He never he's never been given a word to defend yeah, himself. You're right. And you know what? I've voted for over 50 years and we, we know who won. Uh, that night when we go and watch this stuff, well, not, not 50 years ago, but, you know, we know who, who was our president. So when we went to bed, obviously, we knew our, who our president was. And then shenanigans during the night. That is what happened. And the election was stolen. That's right. I agree. I agree with that. And I'm hoping that, um, Arizona comes out with some really great proof of that. I think that's one of our last chances for the 2020 election to get redemption. But, you know, we had a caller call in from um, Jeff from uh, New Jersey calling by a trucker, by the but he was in Indiana. And he called in and he basically said, you know, if there's 2.1 million votes and we can only count 1.9 million, there's 300,000 missing. Uh, the idea is there's no way to track those 300,000 with the actual votes. Hmm. And so, you know, what well, do you do then? You know, that's the I, question. Even when the proof is shown, it's it's not believed. And, and you know what? That is the scariest part that I'm seeing, that people would stick with a party that is pulling on this, you know, showing, I mean, doing all this stuff, and yet stay with it. Well, by now we know, by now we know that they'll believe anything that the liberals put out there. I mean, somehow the borders, uh, border walls don't work. Uh, Open borders is the way to go. Uh, Anybody that's believing wholeheartedly this this whole green climate thing is 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 ludicrous. There's been do you know that there's been 67 predictions or something like that, and zero were right. You know, all these predictions, like Al Gore's out there right now talking about the AZ audit. And Al Gore has zero track record for accuracy, you know, when it comes to climate. He said he developed the Internet. So what are we going to believe? Yeah. (laughs) I was there in the beginning of the Internet, actually, and Al Gore wasn't. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay. Thank you for calling in today. I thought it was funny. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Scott. Bye-bye. That's Linda from Western PA. Connor Lamb Country. No, <laughs> that's uh, part, part, I think his name's Parnell. Uh, that's the guy that probably won that seat in Southwestern PA. Um, what? And he was a great candidate, too, and I'm sure he's going to run again. But um, that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Um, it's all about, well, what it is all about is all about supporting America first policies that make America great. 
you know, and that's what we're all about. That's what we've been about. And so what I liked so much about the rally, what I liked so much about that rally was, was basically that, um, that that's what it was all about. It was all about um, promoting the candidates uh, that are running in, uh, I guess, Ohio has a primary that's August 3rd. So President Trump is really putting his money where his mouth is. You know how he made those promises and then he delivered on the promises? Well, that's exactly what he's doing right now. He's making the best out of, you know, a bad situation. But he's making, he's making, taking the great, the greatest opportunities and he's not squandering them. This is why he was been, he has been successful because he's taking lemons and he's making lemonade out of it, isn't he? And he's taking these lemons and he's making beautiful lemonade. And that's what he's doing with this because we have to win. We have to play our best hand. In cards, when you're playing cards, the beautiful thing about cards, you get great hands, you get bad hands. Sometimes you can win with it, especially in poker, you can bluff your way to victory. But in any case, what happens here is Trump deals with a set of circumstances that are right in front of him. And Fauci and people like that that never had the truth on their side are struggling right now. They're struggling. They're, 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 they've been lying to us and they're getting caught in a web of lies. And this, this election fraud is, is no, uh, not, not an exception. It's, it's actually part of the rule. It's why Stacey Abrams is so defensive. It's why Ocasio-Cortez, you know, comes with her, you know, she's like a rank amateur when it comes to lying. You could see right through her. She's like a little child. And she just lies to people about the crime statistics or about the border, uh, the border cruelty where she would stage these photo ops or when she was in the Bronx saying she wasn't, she was proud to be a bartender and she did it with some sort of a pseudo country black southern um, uh, evangelical accent. It was unbelievable. I could play it for you. I mean, it's so ridiculous how fake Ocasio-Cortez is. Sandy. It's unbelievable. But in any case, we're going to go ahead and play some some more clips. We're going to get through these in a quicker way. I'm going to play it. I might be playing the same one over again. But let's we will break up big tech monopolies, reject left-wing cancel culture, and we will restore the right to free speech in America. Big crowd, big crowd, far as the eye can see crowd. Let's take a listen to this next excerpt clip. This is where he says, we must never forget this country does not belong to them. It belongs to you, the people. Why did I leave my opening after the election? Why is my opening still say we are not transferring power from one party to another? We are transferring power from Washington back to you, the people. And those bugles you hear in the opening of my intro come from the inauguration day. Those were live bugles from that day. And 
uh, when I made, put that together, I put it together, that intro for the show, with a lot of thought and a lot of intention. Let's take a listen to this next clip. It's one of probably Trump's best. We must never forget this country does not belong to them. It belongs to you, the American people. This is your home. This nation is your heritage. And our magnificent American liberty is your God-given right. The people of this land will not be ruled and talked down to by corrupt politicians, petty tyrants, left-wing bullies or socialist bureaucrats in a place called Washington, D.C. It's not going to happen. Our ancestors are the people that crossed an ocean for the right to live and pray and speak as they saw fit. They are the people who risk everything. They risk everything. Think of what you're here and you're generally happy, not necessarily 100% because of what took place. But they are the people who risk their lives to boldly declare their independence and then defeated the most powerful military on earth to win their freedom. Brave, incredible, brilliant people. And our ancestors are the people who tamed the great wilderness, settled a vast continent, laid down the railroads, raised up the skyscrapers and poured out their blood, sweat and tears to build this country into the greatest nation in the history of the world. And we're not going to let it go. We will respect our heroes like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson. They will not be taken from us. So there's that. And then we have this clip. This is another good one. Uh, puts America, uh, Biden puts America last. We put America first. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Let's take a listen. The Paris Environmental Accord. How nice is that, right? And I ended it. I said, I'm going to get killed. Everybody loved it when I ended it. Everybody loved it. But we have to pay trillions. He put us immediately back without even negotiating. Just the same horrible deal. You know, China doesn't kick in for many years. Russia doesn't kick in. India doesn't kick in. But we kick in. He's pushing trillions of dollars in new spending and the largest tax hike in history. He's putting onto the American people and American industry. It's going to be devastating. He puts America last. We put America first. It's very simple. Very, very simple. And we rebuilt our military, and we did so much. We did so much. Even right to try. I always mention, you know, many people are being saved with right to try. The FDA is slow as hell. I wouldn't say they love me too much. I push them very hard. But now if people are dying, they're terminally ill. Instead of going to Asia, to Europe, to other countries to try and live, which was not very successful, because we have the greatest doctors, scientists, and labs in the world. Now if somebody's terminally ill, and we have a cure that we think could be worked out good, but it's going to take four years, five years. They sign a document. 
and they go and they take this new medication, whatever it may be, and it's been unbelievably successful. They've been trying to get it approved for 45 years. We got it approved. But many, many things, what we've done for the vets, we had a 92% approval rating with the vets. 92%. Nobody's ever had a rating like that. We turned it all around. Under our administration, America was respected again. That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to one more clip. Um, no, two more clips. So this one is, he is back. Let's take a listen. This is what it sounded like here. Wow, thank you. You got to love it. Far different than that Olympic trialist. Well, I want to thank Ohio for the incredible turnout. There's thousands of people trying to get in. And all of the unbelievable, hardworking patriots who are here tonight at the very first rally of the 2022 election. We're going to take back the House. We're going to take back the Senate. With your help, we are going to defeat the radical Democrats. And we have no choice. You know that, right? We have no choice. And we're going to elect an amazing slate of proud American first Republicans next year. America first. You never used to hear that expression, did you? You hear it plenty now. After just five months, the Biden administration is already a complete and total Catastrophe. <laughs> you could say that again, Donald Trump. All right, President Trump. Uh, let's take a listen to this one final clip. Uh, this is uh, the. This is how he ends his speeches. Just haven't heard it in a while, so let's listen. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Ohio. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you gotta love it, right? <laughs> and we. <laughs> I can listen to that over and over again. All right, I got something else I want to play for you. Um, I want to switch gears uh, because we're running out of time. <laughs> and I do want to actually read some tweets today. Um, and again, I want to just share with everybody who might be looking for me on Facebook. I did nothing wrong <laughs> all i said was what i said when linda was calling in i said um that you know pe- people are talking the president Bi- or not president biden 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 said um that you know what's the use of having these you know you can't get a nuclear weapon or an f-15 so you know the old idea about fighting against your country fighting back against your country, uh, is moot. So those days of, you know, forming a militia and thinking you're going to actually overthrow your government is behind us. So forget about it, right? That's sort of where he was going with that. And I said, so they think, you know, you need, uh, they're suggesting that nuclear weapons or F-15s are needed to overthrow your government. But, they're acting as if, you know, a guy with face paint and little bozo horns on his head 
were enough to overthrow the government when, you know, they were in the Capitol on January 6th. You know, the way they've blown this out of proportion is, you know, kind of insane, right? And it's unjust. It, it illustrates to us that the FBI is 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 complete, completely from soup to nuts, top to bottom, corrupt. And the DOJ, especially after what A.G. Garland did with a lawsuit against Georgia, is completely political. And that's exactly the kind of things that they accuse Trump of. Yet we listen to Bill Barr trying to defend himself on liberal talk shows. And basically, uh, Bill Barr was never a conservative. He was a Bush guy. And when he was hired, everybody knew that he was connected with the Bushes. And like, why him? And we thought, well, there must be something, method to the madness. There must be. Why would Trump hire Bill Barr if he's that in in bed with the Bushes? But then again, why would Donald Trump hire Dan Coats as DNI? Why would he hire Gina Haspel? at the head of CIA, you know, why would he um, put Chris Ray in charge of the FBI? What, what, what could be going on? I think there was a level of persuasion and coercion that was going on. And it wasn't any fault of Trump's. But if they're going to come out with a Russian hoax or a Ukrainian hoax, impeachment hoax, or a Bob Mueller witch hunt, and Bob Mueller is a swamp creature, and they could come up with anything, right? They can make stuff up because they had no crime on Trump, but they can manufacture something and say something was what it was. That so long as you have the media, so long as you have the corrupt politicians and the corrupt institutions, you basically, you know, but they knew that that was going to be a big problem to overthrow the government to overthrow a duly elected president that's loved like Donald Trump has been and is. And so back in the day, they knew that would be a can of worms that could go that could go big time wrong with that for them. So what they did, Lindsey Graham, I think, was an instrumental because Lindsey Graham needed to get elected, re-elected. And he, he did, but that was thanks to the idea that the South Carolina GOP was rigged in not holding a primary to give Republicans another option other than Lindsey Graham. So they took that away from the people. Then Lindsey Graham, I think, was instrumental in terms of uh, what kind of people Trump was to hire. People that wouldn't get directly involved in the Ukrainian investigation. People that would just fall short, like Durham did, or like Bill Barr did or like Christopher Ray, or like anybody did. So, you know, it's obvious that we have a very corrupt government. Would we have known this corrupt level of corruption if it wasn't for Donald J. Trump, President Trump? We would have never learned this. So this is the damage that's been done to the deep state and the swamp in D.C. And that's kudos to President Donald Trump. We gained more from his presidency than I think we've ever gained in the history of American politics. But 
We also are now facing these vaccines and what the passports are all about. Before we run out of time, I want to play this clip. Well, now, look, play I spoke to you recently on this issue of vaccine passports, and I warned of a world in which Big Brother would say, no vaccine passport, you're denied. I called it medical apartheid. There was previous talk by the Prime Minister that we might even need vaccination passports to travel interstate. Now, if we reach this point, we're no longer a free society. A government's role is to persuade, not to coerce. But I now notice that every vaccinated Australian can access a high-tech digital certificate to prove that they've had the jab. And if you have, you'll automatically be issued with a certificate through your Medicare account, which you can easily access and save to a mobile device. The certificate will have the Australian coat of arms, an animated green tick, there it is, a document number, the personal details of the vaccine recipient, just like a driver's licence. But they haven't said how or when it'll be used. But if it is, as we're told, for easier travel and to, quote, grant people access to certain activities, does that mean if you don't have the certificate, you'll have harder travel and it won't be easy for you to access certain activities? Here is government again not telling the full truth. This is not about proof of vaccination. Why do you need proof of vaccination? This is a vaccine passport under another name. Look out. They're coming after us. We've reached what George Orwell warned about in 1984, where he said, quote, every record's been destroyed or falsified. This is what he forecast. Every book rewritten, every picture repainted, every statue, street and building renamed, every date altered, and the process continues day by day. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right, unquote. I'm a very positive person. My negative question to you is this. Are there enough of us to fight this continuing erosion of freedoms? What do you think? Email me. Alan, that's guy. So that is the great question. Is there enough of us to fight back? That is the question. And we must fight back. This is a war, folks. It just doesn't look like the wars before us. It's a different kind of war. We got bioweapons. We got government insurrect- infiltration. We have, uh, this is, again, the, the same enemy, right? Marxism, socialism, communism, globalism. It's all the same enemies that we've been dealing with for a long time. So with that, you know, um, we got to fight back against all of these things, including vaccine passports that take away our rights. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank those for calling in today. That was great. Um, It's nice to see our phone systems working a little bit. Um, In any case, my name's Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up 